War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at lawndoctor.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's Monday. It is the anniversary of D-Day. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. Everything available, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They're having a great season. Stop in Rhode Island's number one garden center, located 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown, right off of Route 4, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, large section, beautiful patio pots, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom and mulch, full-scale nursery. They're open seven days a week. Look for them. It's PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. Well, as I mentioned, today is January, uh, excuse me, June 6th, the anniversary of D-Day. And I want to play, I play this every year. Uh, Andy Rooney just sums it up tremendously. He arrived right at the beaches there four days after the invasion. I want to play this for you right here on the John DePietro Show. Because it was part of my life, I'd like to say something about D-Day. I don't know how to say it any differently than I did in a book I wrote called My War. If you are young and not really clear what D-Day was, let me tell you, it was a day unlike any other. There have only been a handful of days since the beginning of time on which the direction the world was taking has been changed for the better in one 24-hour period by an act of man. June 6, 1944 was one of them. What the Americans, the British, and the Canadians were trying to do was get back a whole continent that had been taken from its rightful owners by Adolf Hitler's German army. It was one of the most monumentally unselfish things one group of people ever did for another. We all have days of our lives that stand out from the blur of days that have gone by, and the day I came ashore on Utah Beach, four days after the initial invasion, is one of mine. As we approached the French coast, there were small clouds of smoke and sudden eruptions as German artillery blindly lobbed shells over the hills behind the beach. They were hoping to hit U.S. troops or some of the massive amount of equipment piled up on the shore there. Row on row of dead American soldiers were laid out on the beach just above the high tide mark where it turned into weedy clumps of grass. They were covered with olive drab blankets, just their feet sticking out at the bottom, their G.I. boots sticking out. I remember their boots, all the same on boys, all so different. No one can tell the whole story of D-Day because no one knows it. Each of the 60,000 men who waded ashore that day knew a little part of the story too well. To them, the landing looked like a catastrophe. Each knew a friend shot through the throat, shot through a knee. Each knew names of five hanging dead on the barbed wire in the water 20 yards offshore. Three who lay unattended on the stony beach as the blood drained from holes in their bodies. They saw whole tank crews drowned when the tanks rumbled off the ramps of their landing craft and dropped into 20 feet of water. There were heroes here no one will ever know because they're dead. The heroism of others is known only to themselves. Across the channel, in Allied headquarters in England, the war directors, remote from the details of death, were exultant. They saw no blood, no dead, no dying. From the statistician's point of view, the invasion was a success. Statisticians were right. They always are. That's the damn thing about it. On each visit to the beaches over the years, I've wept. It's impossible to keep back the tears as you look across the rows of markers and think of the boys under them who died that day. Even if you didn't know anyone who died, your heart knows something that your brain does not. You weep. 
If you think the world is selfish and rotten, go to the cemetery at Colville-sur-Mer, overlooking Omaha Beach. See what one group of men did for another on D-Day, June 6, 1944. Folks, that is uh, so well done by Andy Rooney, who uh, he is also, I read that book, My War. It is certainly uh, worth reading, would make a good uh, Father's Day gift. Well, folks, it's John DePietro. All right, so over the weekend... This is pretty big. Uh, former Rhode Island governor, now Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. She went on CNN. Her name is being floated out that she may be the new Treasury Secretary. Uh, there'd be a major post replacing Janet Yellen. In the meantime, though, in the meantime, right now, she is still Commerce Secretary. And former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, to me, clearly was not prepared for what was going to come at her with Jake Tapper on CNN. Let's listen to it. He comes right out of the box, very strong at her. Let's listen. This was yesterday, Commerce Secretary Raimondo on CNN. He didn't learn about the severity of the infant formula shortage until April, but problems first emerged back at the Abbott plant back in October of 2021. An industry executive said they knew how bad this could get when the plant closed in February. You're the Secretary of Commerce. When did you first learn of this problem? Uh, I first learned about it, you know, uh, a couple of months ago. So this is, uh, this is, so a, this is a difficult issue. But uh, Yes, probably April. I'm not involved in the administration's response here, I should say. But I think they're doing wow. She like out of the box as far as April. Let's hear um, about inflation. inflation. And Here we go. You heard Secretary Yellen this week said she got it wrong about inflation. In July, you told Bloomberg that inflation would be temporary about a year ago. As recently as six months ago, you were calling inflation a, quote, short term problem, not a long term problem. So you got it wrong, too. Yeah, good morning. Good to be with you. Um, so cl- <laughs> Notice he comes out of the box with that, and she's thrown. You can also hear the echo. So she's on delay. This technically did not go well. We should not be hearing his question in, in uh, delay and echo. We're, you're hearing what she's hearing in real time. It sh- I'm telling you it shouldn't work that way. So wherever she is doing this State of the Union, now she was in Rhode Island over the weekend. She could have been in Rhode Island. They have the CNN State of the Union backdrop. But that's very easy to put in. But I want to just emphasize, Secretary Raimondo agrees to go on CNN. He comes out of the box with this question. And that's why she starts with, yes, uh, nice to see you, Bubba. Like, it's all rehearsed. Totally, totally. And by the way, this is Jake Tapper being completely fair, by the way. But she's really not ready for this interview. Secretary Yellen this week said she got it wrong about inflation in July. You told Bloomberg that inflation would be temporary about a year ago. As recently as six months ago, you were calling inflation a, quote, short-term problem, not a long-term problem. So you got it wrong, too. Yeah, good morning. Good to be with you. Um, So clearly, we are, and Americans are, struggling with inflation. Uh, But I don't think anyone predicted Putin's war uh, in Ukraine or various other things that have happened that have been unexpected. I still think, uh, you know, we will get inflation under control. She goes into the pivots into the talking point. I'm telling you, you shouldn't be able to hear that echo. So whatever connection she was using could have been at the Providence. Well, it says Washington, D.C. It says that she's in Washington, D.C., I believe. So uh, definitely, though, this is this is a problem. I want to hear um, just one more clip or at least one more. Yeah, she really got grilled. Uh, Ramundo was not prepared. She must have been spitting bullets at the end of this interview. I want to hear a little bit of this. Here we go. Well, all due respect, Madam Secretary, Larry Summers a year ago, more than a year ago, was saying that the Biden administration was putting too much money into the economy, flooding too much money into the economy, and he was concerned about inflation. And Biden administration officials said that Larry Summers was wrong, and it turned out Larry Summers was right. I don't really agree with that characterization. Look, the reality is, I was just in Europe a couple of weeks ago. Gas there in France is ten dollars a gallon, and right, and they didn't have uh, an American Rescue Plan like you we gotta did. You got to be kidding me! She's now comparing our gas prices with that in France. Whew! A lot more ahead, folks. You're listening to the John DePietro Show.
Grilling time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. J's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S Broadway Appliance and TV. Located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5 Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner, and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave, Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401-949-7800. Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. To the John DePietro Show, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, capetro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for anchorrising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off with, why don't we uh, start off with, I, I thought it was just uh, a, atrocious what happened in Pawtucket. There's a lot of different elements to it. I want to walk through it with you. But the fact is uh, student walkout, clearly organized by the uh, co-op progressive candidates who I think in some ways totally got a free pass from the media. Uh, It it evolved into, uh, you know, something about guns. They don't feel safe in the school. Then it turned into like an abortion rally. Um, And it's also just such a double standard. If this, I don't even have to get into if this had actually been, you know, led by the other side and how the media would have treated it. But I'd like to get your thoughts on that student walk out in Pawtucket. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting angle I haven't seen mentioned. I'm just imagining uh, conservatives ra- getting a Second Amendment rally or something where the kids walk out of class, they'd be, they'd be treated as child abuse or some such in the news media. So I, you know, I, but these things strike me as this is what, we, what you call project-based civics, which unfortunately we have now in Rhode Island, uh, as a, I think as a requirement, I think it passed the General Assembly. Uh, this is, you know, students are used as activists yep. to get headlines and promote progressive causes. That's the whole, the whole point of it. And the, the students weren't even, I mean, they didn't even seem entirely sure what they, I mean, what they were out there for. Some of it was, you know, they talked about infrastructure and books and, you know, well, okay, that that's not really, that's not really the, the gun issue you're supposedly talking about. And then in the irony, some of them complained that they couldn't get back into school to get their stuff, uh, which is a, a law that I guess a gather has been around or a policy that's been around since the seventies to keep students safe. So they can't leave even come back in with weapons so there's right. it's just a there's just a incoherence to the whole thing and it, it really is and we saw it was it just a week ago in providence where a very similar walkout situation they went to the state house and pretended to lie down dead um they're they're really just parroting um progressive causes and that, that's that's the goal it's almost like a chinese red guard i think th- where we should actually be thankful at the moment that they're still only doing kind of national issues and just hot button progressive issues when this when this might turns to you know walking out to protest local policies and to harass local uh, elected officials and that kind of thing you'll i think you, there's a danger it will become even uglier i also want to um <clears throat> I, I i just think there should be some pushback from for instance the mayor of Pawtucket. you know uh, you know we want to listen there doesn't seem anyone at least that will stand up to the media and the media doesn't even seem to seek to find anyone that will say, well, wait a minute, you know, these, these children, you know, never mind in places like Pawtucket and Providence, they're actually safe, the safest place they could be inside of a school. There's been no kind of a, a school shooting in, in Rhode Island. Uh, You know, they, they, they're, they're too young and naive to understand that there's difference in the gun laws between Rhode Island and Texas. And, and right there, Justin Katz, leading, you know, the rally is that Cynthia Mendez running for lieutenant governor, the East Providence state senator, and then also that Dr. Luis Monez. And so I, I just don't think the media does enough 
to highlight that. And even if you're the mayor to be, you know, these kids belong in school. This is a, to me, like a political stunt. They're, this whole business that they're fearful about going to school. As I said, they, they have, you know, if you want to play the odds, they have a better, their chances, their odds are greatly increased of being harmed outside of the school than, than inside the school. But why do you think that there's, there's seemingly just no pushback and everyone accepts the narrative that these students organized it out of fear? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to resist the, the temptation to, to think that some kind of memo goes out among the news media and the Democrats. Yeah. You know, they, they, some years ago, there was what was called known as a journal list, which was an email list for, for journalists to coordinate their Democrat talking points. And that was exposed to some controversy. I guess that's not so controversial anymore to do. But I think that's that's why, we, you know, you don't hear the pushback because they're all on the same page. They're all on the same page. This is, and it's, it's hard also not to notice that this sort of thing ramps up right before elections all the time. One issue yep. or another. And it's just a handful of issues. It's, you know, guns, uh, racial issues, these things, homelessness is another one. They, they ramp up in, for election period in order to motivate people to go out and vote uh, for progressives and, and Democrats. And so the, the memo has gone out. The news media is not going to challenge them. Uh, the the students are not, they're, they're not going to be aware of, of how, of the statistics because they're not being taught math, let alone statistics. But that, that's, I think you, you raise a really important point is they're not in danger in Rhode Island. They're not in danger anywhere, really. The, even, even though it seems like these things happen all the time, the, the instances are so incredibly rare uh, that you're, you're, as you say, you're, you're in more danger out, in, out running around the streets during a school day, cutting class probably, than, than being in school. These are not everyday events, but in a, in a large nation of over 300 million people, these things are going to happen and they, the media decides which things to make seem like like a, a major controversy. I mean, out of Texas this week, there was also, a, there's been a, on social media, there's been a lot of attention paid to parents bringing their kids to give money to like a drag show, a, a drag strip show at a, a gay yeah. bar. You know, that, whatever you think of that, that's something that if the news media may wanted to create a moral panic about that sort of thing, they could, because you're going to find these strange events across the country. And it's just what they promote. So I think they're promoting fear among children. And frankly, I think they've been doing it for decades and we're starting to really see the effects in young adults and a lot of the deterioration in our culture is just this constant sense of the, that the left has to, to make them scared of, of the environment, of guns, of this, of that, or the other thing. And it's, it's deliberate. And I think the, the nice thing about the political co-op in Rhode Island is they really do put a face on who is doing yes. this to your children. This is, they, they are just so, they lack so, such lack of nuance that they, they, they just give the whole game away. Uh, and I, so I, at least there's that. And uh, I mean, you see it with a lot of the local media too. They're just, they're just completely on board with the talking points and whether they believe them or not as adults, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say, and I'm not sure which is, which is worse if they actually believe the talking points or if they're just playing along to get everybody scared in, in preparation to vote for Democrats in November. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, <clears throat> um, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, I just wanted to stay on that for a moment because I, I still think the administration, they and, uh, clearly, Pawtucket, they didn't know how to handle it. Um, I think there's several different ways they, they could have gone. If you want to have a rally like this, there's certainly ample opportunity to do it after school so the kids don't have to walk out of school, walk out of class. Let's face it, I think that's a big attraction of it. If they said, yeah, we're going to have a rally at 2.30, 3 o'clock, how many kids really stick around as opposed to I could either just sit in this classroom or I could walk out like everybody else? That's number one. Number two, I think it's also the media didn't highlight. Matt Brown was not there. It was almost like the ticket became that, and again, the campaign is nowhere, that Dr. Luis Mones, but he was the gubernatorial candidate. Mendez was the lieutenant governor, but was also really striking was the student with the bullhorn, I think he was supposedly one of the organizers, saying they couldn't even keep those babies safe in the classroom in Texas. Then Mendez pivots and starts talking about abortion rights. I mean, they, they can't even get their, their verbiage, right? <laughs> I mean, keeping babies safe? And then the other one's talking about they need more abortion rights. I think, um, unfortunately... The media is so enamored, like, look at how wonderful this is. The students organized it. That, that, that's the narrative that they want. 
they they don't even want to look that you know the students were actually manipulated uh that that mendez even said you know for many of you that want to get involved you know this is almost like the kickoff we need summer volunteers they used it as like a, a recruiting forum uh in in some ways and and it also reminds me of that, you know, the big protest march that happened. It was um, that first weekend of June. There were a huge crowd, thousands, 10,000 people at the state house. And the media loved the idea. This whole thing was organized by, you know, the students. And, and the police had told me that entire week they were talking with Aaron Rogenberg and other union organizers. They, they were the behind the scenes organizing it, but they they wanted to seem organic that these young student activists and, and the fact of the matter, you and I know those, you know, those things between, you know, police and organization, they're not easy to pull together, but the media is more than happy to go along with the false narrative. Like these kids are so upset and afraid that they, they pull together this walkout to protest. They need, you know, safety from guns. Yeah, well, and it's it's not just students. We've discussed before, you know, the the healthcare providers out there pushing the vaccine. You know, if they've got there are three of them. One of them is a med student, and all of the, and that's the only one the reporters talk to is that one person who brought all the scrubs. It seems, it's just you know, it's it's, a, it's typical. And I, you know, it what's what's most distressing uh, is the the lack of context for for education in Rhode Island. I mean, it's, you would expect, say, the news media to, to investigate, all right, we've got students leaving school to help politicians. How are students doing in that, that school district? And they're not That's doing right. well. And what's, what's interesting is that, you know, some of the, some folks on social media, mainly those who are active for, say, the parental rights and, and keeping anti-racist garbage yep. out of the schools, uh, they were pointing that out. Like, These kids can't do math. No. <laughs> we, why are we applauding their leaving school to protest right. a, basically a progressive talking point issue? And, you know, of course, that's, oh, well, uh, Bill Bartholomew, the, one of the local progressive darling in the news media, says, oh, well, the fascist parents are, are criticizing you. I mean, it's just it, it's just so so ridiculous. And it's so obvious that this this needs to be addressed. And I mean, as I mentioned at the big outset, I mean, this is, they recently passed this uh, project-based civics stuff. This is what it is. And yet news media applauded that too. No, they didn't question, what does this actually mean? What is it actually going to, why are they focusing on civics instead of math? There was no questioning about it because they're all on the same page. They love that they can, they can pick an issue, say, okay, for this election, let's go with guns. All right, you get that group out, you get that group out, I'll call up moms against whatever it is, guns, you, um, you go get the schools organized and have some walkouts and protests. I mean, it's, it's becoming just so obvious uh, that, that at some point, I, I guess you, you would expect the news media to, to start to point that out. Like, hey, how, how coincidental, there are walkouts across the country on the same day. Hmm, very strange. The, the question never seems to be asked because they just like that storyline of, of the young kids taking on the establishment, which is complete baloney right. in Rhode Island because these, the, the progressives run the state, which is, so as you said before, the, I mean, the, there is no danger to these kids in Rhode Island. We already have the regulations that people are calling for in Texas, but it's almost like we live in, in the, the heart of the, the, the machine that, that ramps up this, the national narratives. I mean, we live right where, right where the machine is doing all the whirring and making all the noise. And so, so everybody kind of lose track of the fact loses track of the fact that a lot of what they're saying just doesn't apply around here. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio, 401 732-1730 732-1730 J. Perry Paving 401-732-1730 You can also find them on Facebook They're terrific Hey, get that driveway paved 
Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, just two other follow-up points with the situation with the school workout in Pawtucket. Number one, I want people to realize when we talk about kids aren't doing well in that, especially in that district or Providence, I I want them to understand we're not saying that this, or I want to be clear, I'm not saying they're a C and D student. You're talking about when you see someone interviewed, if they are, and they say they're a junior in the, let's just say the Pawtucket school system. What that actually means is they're more than likely only be they're able to do math and English at the level of a freshman at the school. They may be a junior in the school or they may be, you know, a senior, but it's it's normally at least two grades below the 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 majority. And I mean, like 90 percent of the eighth grade students in the Pawtucket school system are doing work at either a sixth grade level or below. So I just want the listeners to understand, we're not saying this is not like a C student. This is they're, they're only capable of doing if that, if that, by the way, at grade level, silver below them. The other part about this that, that no one points out, and obviously I'm a stickler for it, but notice that at no point do they say, you know, and let's, um, it, it was, it was this, especially the one with the megaphone, you know, they, we have to sit back it's as if there's, there's no power in, in, in their community. No one says what's lacking from these, and you'll notice them going forward. At no point do they say, and let's all take the pledge that if you know of someone with a gun, you're going to report him to police and the authorities. Because they still, you know, a huge part, a problem with policing is that people that have information won't cooperate with police when they're trying to investigate a shooting. And so they never say, and let's all you know, sign this pledge that if you know of a student with a gun or someone's starting to bring a gun in or see something, say something, that you're going to turn them in. Notice that's totally absent. It's as if they sit back. You have to fix it. There's going to be more money. We're going to get the guns out of here. Um, to me, that's all led by someone like the progressives that are really the ones leading this. Right. Well, I mean, that's, it's very typical, right? The, the spotlight never turns on what can we do as concerned right. students? What can, what can we actually do to change things? It's, yeah. it's all you, the people in power aren't. So we need to vote for these people over here who happen to bring us here. I mean, that's, yeah. it's just so, it's so very, very typical. And um, I, I think the, the point about the, the score, the math scores and such is, is dead on. But what it made me, it all made me think of, and I, I don't remember the, the very specific details, but something like 20 years ago, there was a school walkout in Cranston to protest something local, I think, in the schools. And at the time, Republican Mayor Steve Laffey went out and kind of co-opted the, the yes, protest. And, I remember and said, that. I agree. Let's go protest at the schools and something, something to that effect. And there's a, I think there's some real opportunity if, if there were any, uh, Republican or conservative politicians in the state who could muster the the uh, the wherewithal to do it to go there and say you're right you shouldn't be happy you're look at your test scores we should go protest the school and make sure you you get the education you deserve and, and kind of turn it back because uh, that's really what's needed and uh, the the kids are just being misled in so many ways in school that that it, it, you almost you can't blame them I mean it's not their fault they're they're years behind they're just they're not being it's not being demanded of them and there's no accountability and it's it's deliberate I mean we watch this so for decades every time every time you can start to make some coherent arguments from the test scores they change the test or, or something to that effect and year after year we see it in Providence I mean we're now several years into uh, supposedly trying to reform it and there's no progress nothing at all and the finger pointing that's what the kids should be protesting that's worth working walking out of class for is to protest that abuse that they're undergoing by the education system um, and also, Justin, let's talk about there was a uh, Second Amendment rally at the State House. Everyone in yellow shirts seemed to be a good turnout. They were inside the rotunda. I, I think one of the things, though, that's lacking from any of the coverage or certainly on the other side, they don't want that. But it's just exactly what you said is many of the things that they want in Texas. You, for those that want to take the time and look at it, our, our laws are so different than those in texas with you know texas doesn't have the red flag law right texas doesn't have a background check in rhode island there's a seven-day waiting period you you apply to purchase a weapon they contact you know your city and town police chief and then says hey wait a minute you know we don't want 
this individual, they should not get a firearm. Oh, I know who that is. That's not a problem. No one wants that. They all want it to be the illusion that, you know, it's all the same. There's no difference between the two states and, and, and the gun laws. Uh, what were your impressions of the coverage of the Second Amendment rally? Well, I, I thought the same thing you did. I mean, obviously, the, the goal of the message that's gone out is national. I mean, goal, I think the goal is to, to make a lot of noise and get people scared so they vote for Democrats yes. in November. But, but, the, but to the extent there's actually policy goals, it's to make the federal, the federal government in charge of, of gun laws and not states so that you can't have a Texas and a Rhode Island. It's all got to be the same thing because they think they're going to control it all, uh, which they might at first anyway. Um, but I, I don't know. Some of the coverage, actually, WPRI, there was an article on the, the Second Amendment protest with struck me as particularly uh, unbiased, which was kind of refreshing because a lot of the, the reporters you see in the background or on social media are really just going right along with the, with the far left progressives on this thing. But what also struck me was the, the commentary from the other side. Um, I mean, you, we see the, you know, the yellow shirts, the Second Amendment advocates, they go out, you know, it's, it seems like every year when there's, there's legislation they want to protest against. And they're Rhode Islanders. I mean, I know many of them. Others, they're, they're people who live in our state, who live near you. And here comes the, the anti-gun groups, which are, frankly, well-funded um, by progressive uh progressive funders they do have an infrastructure they are lobbyists and they call it the what is it the, the gun lobby and it, Bi biden actually was right on with this i mean it's practically his talking point and it what really bothers me especially seeing people i know are our neighbors in rhode island expressing their political views at the state house as what they're supposed to do uh, rather than you know fighting um they are just dismissed as the gun lobby. And it worries me that it's so dehumanizing. Uh, you know, it's, it just, they're not your neighbors. They're not people who disagree. They're the gun lobby, which implies they're doing some, uh, something, they're doing it for other reasons, for pay right. or something. Or I mean, and that's just, to me, that, if anything, reinforces the need for a Second Amendment. Because the first thing you do is call them a gun lobby. And then you do like Bill Bartholomew uh did with the parents who protest who were call them fascists. Fascists, yeah. you call them fascists, and what that means is, I mean, it's incoherent. The people they are not they're they're in no way could you actually describe them as fascists. But what fascist means to the progressives these days is you're allowed to take their rights away and punch them in the street. I mean, that's what it means. So, so actually, as you they're the gun lobby, fascist parents, these are all indications of exactly why we need a Second Amendment because they, these folks will will start taking away your rights and, and refusing to let you participate in democracy or even in the economy. That's why you need the right to be armed because you never know when, when these folks will turn on you and, and suddenly you, you have no rights. And it, to me, that, that was really the, was, I mean, the, the rally itself was, was, was great. And it's, it's, but it's, but it's a regular affair at this point because the guns are always under in a target in Rhode Island. But the, the response to me is, is starting to get into worrying territory. Yeah. And I also, um, if I were to offer them any type of critique, I, I think they need to be more specific with, you can't just say second amendment because I had on, on my on the radio show, I had on John Francis competition shooting and we walk through the difference between Rhode Island gun laws, Texas gun laws, and how, how different they very are. I, I think they need, the only thing I would say to them is they should be more specific to say, well, we can understand why if people thought we had the same laws in Texas, then we could see why they're understood. But here's why Rhode Island is safer. Here's why Rhode Island doesn't have those laws. Therefore, thereby, there's, there's no need to go to this next step. Justin, yeah. one other element I, I want to just point out is um, it's interesting when those parents, and I don't blame them, started to question those kids should be in the classroom. They should not be walking out. The, what, they, what it is is the reason why students are used is it's because it's, it's kind of like the shield is also the sword. You're not supposed to question. It's, it's supposed to be, hey, you know, kids are off limits. You're not supposed to, you know, criticize the kids. The whole, it's almost as if, you know, the whole reason we use them is because it's, it's an agreement that you're not supposed to question or attack them. So they they use the students as the shield for many criticism, but then as the sword to try to, you know, execute their agenda. I think because I did catch that back and forth. That's what really threw them like, hey, it's almost like, hey, you're, you're breaking the rules. 
You're not supposed to criticize the students. Therefore, that's why we use the students because the media is, you know, signed on. You know, I also think we, we need to revisit. There's countless examples. Uh, again, no one mentions that in, in Providence, for instance, there were students that bring weapons to school. The penalties are not that severe and their names are not released. And well, you know, it's a juvenile record. And then when they turn 18, it's wiped away. I think that's a larger discussion or what are the penalties? Because it does happen. 16, 17 years old, they bring a weapon in. Um, they, it's like a slap on the wrist. And then when they turn 18, they have a clean slate because now they're an adult. I, I think there should be some discussion of, you know, because I've had back and forth with a 17-year-old shooter, blah, blah, blah. And then they immediately say, oh, nope, you can't, you can't identify. They're a minor. Right. They're 17, even though they had a dangerous weapon, even though they brought a gun to school. It's almost like, oh, nice try. They're 17 years old. Therefore, this is the end of this discussion. They're now a minor. Yeah. You know, there's an interesting, I guess, opportunity for the other side here, because if you if you pay attention to the the, you know, the, the narrative the progressives are pushing in the past four or five days, they've really been emphasizing mass shootings. So we've gone from school shootings to mass shootings right. and very often all they mean is gang shooting, gang yes. violence. And so, and it's, it's, you're no longer talking AR-15s at that point, uh, even though those aren't always used for school shootings either, but you're talking handguns and that sort of thing. And that's, so there's a, they may, be, they may be planning on, on moving into, you know, going after those weapons as well, but there's a, there's a vulnerability there as people start to say, okay, well now you're talking about gang violence. Let's right. stop the gang violence. That's a, there's an opportunity to change the narrative there. And I think it's right along the, the path that you're talking where, you know, if, if kids in an urban setting are bringing weapons to school, that is not school shooting. That is more often gang violence, which is a very different issue to grapple with. And you're not going to you're not going to solve that by ending uh, limiting the number of bullets in a clip or getting rid of AR-15s, because those aren't guns that people are bringing to school. They're bringing handguns that they can conceal. That's that's going to be the the fight. And I, so that's, I think, also a reason why the Second Amendment advocates are right to be out there, because, you know, you this isn't the end of the advocacy. I mean, this this advocacy advocacy goes all the way from AR banning AR-15s to uh, reducing our individual liberty as a as a matter of the Bill of Rights. I mean, that's how far this will go if we let it. And so there's there's it's a good time to start pointing out that they're they're really mixing messages. And as you said, a lot of what they they they're not touching are the 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 actual you know on the ground problems we right. actually might have in it, Rhode Island, which is kids with guns in school. Right. And I also, before we break, I also just want to mention the, the Second Amendment people, they also need better talking points because I've had people say, you know, how come we don't see more about in Chicago? And I, I said, oh, is that something you want to watch? You think Fox, CNN, MSNBC? <clears throat> do, you, do you know what would happen if they started saying and there were two gang members shot in Chicago last night? Do you think anyone's going to watch that? Like, does your side, meaning the Second Amendment side, that I try to be supportive of, are are you saying you want more coverage of the gang war in (laughs) Chicago that goes on? Like, no one wants to watch that. That's what that is. But that's just an outdated talking point of how come no one talks about all the shootings in Chicago? Because they're targeted. Because these are gang shooting back and forth, much like in Providence and and in certain other cities, especially in Baltimore. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz. Our segment, Politics This Week, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane, to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus. Heating and cooling in Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508 252 3359, and in Rhode Island, 401 
885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, you know, it is pretty interesting. Uh, former Governor Gina Raimondo, now Commerce Secretary, comes in, uh, gets herself some good press uh, in, a, in a very chaotic Biden administration as Commerce Secretary, uh, has been able to come across as reasonable, uh, has, you know, tried to work across the aisle. Although, in, in fairness, so much of the Biden cabinet is incompetent, like Mayor Pete and Harris. But what is the reaction that now we are hearing? And this is one of those things that wouldn't be floated out there if it were true that Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, is uh, looking to step down. And the fact that she admitted she was wrong on inflation, she's going to be done after the midterms. And now Ramundo, who would have loved that, but I, I give her credit. It's like at least get a, a seat on the bench and then you could always get more into the game and the position you want. That former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo is now being talked about that she may replace Janet Yellen as Treasury Secretary, which is a, a huge, huge post in the country. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it's worrying for somebody who's watched her come up through the Rhode Island ranks. I mean, see, I, I just don't understand how, you know, Raimondo continues to advance in this way. She just, I, I don't know if she's, I mean, she has the great PR team and maybe she's working people in the background. She, she's a little bit slippery in what she says, but I, I saw a, a, a clip of her talking to Jake Tapper on yes, CNN. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I am going to be playing that uh, and, and folks, everyone listening and, and go right ahead, Justin. One thing that that occurred to me before, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but uh, that, that I was glad to see he came out of the box right at her, and she was thrown by it. And I know her temper because she started off with "Yes" and "Thank you." Good to be with you on this Sunday. I mean, she immediately was like, "Wow, where is this coming from?" Was not prepared for the interview, but go ahead. Yeah, well, no, that's exactly it. I mean, she she often to me when when she's not getting just fawning press, she she's not very good. She she no. she shrinks in stature, it seems. And in, there were, I mean, there were just simple things and, and matters of basic kind of honesty. I mean, Tapper was calling her on the fact that, you know, Janet Yellen said, yeah, I was wrong about inflation. But Raymond was, oh, no, not really. I'm not wrong about inflation i mean and it's it's not just that she's also i saw another story elsewhere where she was she was saying oh we we have not been involved in the baby formula shortage at all That's right then, then a memo emerges oh yeah we're, we're right on this you know so there's just a level of dishonesty in that that refusal to to to, to address uh, you know, mistakes and, and acknowledge them. I mean, the, the, the Daily Beast, which is not by any means a conservative publication, uh, was reviewing that that Tapper interview and and said, you know, Yellen admitted error. Others have admitted error. And, and actually, Raimondo tried to say Larry Summers, who's a big you know economic in, uh, intellectual for Demo- among Democrats, oh, he, he agrees that he said inflation wasn't going to be a problem. And Tapper called her on that and said, no, he said the opposite. And the Biden administration said he was wrong. I mean, that's that kind of thing. I, I Hopefully it's an indication that there's there's some concern about her actual ability to perform the job. I mean, it could just be that the news media favors somebody else. They haven't unveiled their opinion yet uh, for, for a position like this, but uh, you know, she's getting up into the big leagues. And I think those of us who've watched her for a long time, it's possible the the cracks will really start to show, although somehow she's skated all the way down to Washington from the position of general treasurer in Rhode Island. And that's, that remains somewhat inexplicable to me, but at, at some point, I guess people have to catch on, you know, all the PR and the can't cover cover you know complete incompetence as someone that um has covered you know obviously covered her for the amount of time i've had uh, as i think of it now i first started covering her in in 2010 when she ran for general treasurer so 12 years um that to me was an example also several things that just she she was not fully prepared whoever on her staff set up that interview she likes to know exactly the areas they're going to go into. She seemed, uh, and again, folks, we're talking about Commerce Sec- Secretary, Gina, former Governor Regina Raimondo, totally thrown out of the box. Number two, this is not Channel 10 that you just say, oh, I wasn't involved with that, and they move on. It's now making news that she said she was unaware of the baby formula shortage. Uh, she didn't know until April. So that's actually making headlines. And, and, and on a national front, now that is CNN, Jake Tapper, she may think that that's safe territory. 
he came right out of the box. Very aggressive. By the way, very fair questions. But couldn't just brush them aside. Um, and, and then uh, he also just wasn't buying that thing. Like, well, what do you mean, like, you weren't involved? It becomes like, well, then you should have been involved. But Justin Katz, it still seems, despite that, that she is in line to be, you know, uh, Treasury Secretary. Because the, the yellow thing, I've also heard, there's a good story in Politico, that behind the scenes, Biden has had a meltdown. That why wasn't he brought into the loop on this baby formula shortage? Uh, you know, here we are now into June, Justin. They're not going to turn things around. This administration, the Democrats, they're going to get shellacked in the midterms. Uh, but I, I think it's interesting. And I, I think, you know, Governor Raimondo, uh, Sec- Secretary, excuse me, Raimondo, she was back in Rhode Island on Friday. She did a fundraiser for Brett Smiley. Uh, I believe her daughter had her senior prom back in Rhode Island. So she was back for that. And I just wonder if without fully knowing what was going to be the, you know, the gist of the interview on Sunday, she agreed to go on CNN because to me, it struck me as someone that was that was not on the same page. They'd like to have a good idea of where is this interview going and totally was not on the same page as Jake Tapper. Right. And I, but I, I wonder if that's more that the, the media is not going to let her get away with that at some point. You know, yes. as, yeah, at some yeah. point, at some level of, of accomplishment, they've, they've got to start really. Otherwise, Absolutely. they start to look. And I think it'll, it'll be interesting as uh, you know, watching the game of politics, putting aside, you know, the destruction of our country, uh, the um, it'll be interesting to see if she's able to adjust her strategy and come up with new ways to new talking points, new ways to handle that and, and does some training. I mean, we've, we've talked for years about how she likes to study up for the test and be all prepared. Yes. And so it'll be it'll be an interesting test to see if she's if she's able to to accomplish that. And, and I'm not sure that she will. I mean, one thing she, one of the things that helps explain her, her, her great rise. And as you say, the, the fact that the, her performance with Tapper did not end her, the probability or possibility that she's going to no. replace uh, the Democrats bench. is just gutted. I mean, it is. I, like Buttigieg in in a, yeah. that level of office is just, it just shows you they've got nobody, which goes no. back to Obama and, and his radicalism really gutted yep. the, the core of the democrat party across the country so they've got and that's what created a lot of this opportunity for say the political co-op and the real radicals who who will go after their own side for for a, a single headline uh, that kind of that kind of stuff because there's there's just no core there and so it doesn't take much to be more competent than all the, the competition and then you add in the fact that you can you can only these days it seems nominate minorities or women and right. you really got a very very slender bench oh, that yeah. the from See, that's for one more thing, and we're going to talk about Cicilline, but as far as Raimondo, uh, I mean, anyone that, that could be critical, you got to realize, but you put her in a room, and if you're looking at who's going to do this job, and you have Kamala Harris, Mayor Pete, who took last summer off on maternity leave, uh, the, the DHS secretary is incompetent, Janet Yellen was totally off on inflation, she, Raimondo actually uh, benefits from, from being kind of the, the shining light amongst uh, a lot of dim bulbs. I'm just curious, Justin, also, uh, not former, soon to be, I think, former Congressman Cicilline. I believe and I hear this is his last run. He has no interest in being in Washington uh, as the Republicans are going to take over Congress, which they are. But I'm just curious, any thoughts you have? I I think he really wants to make a lot of this January 6th. Uh, These hearings are going to be starting. Uh, I'm not convinced the country is going to watch and tune in. But also, he certainly got a lot of attention. Uh, with as far as you know, guns and the the Second Amendment battle uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I had him in mind as well, thinking about how how much we need the Second Amendment uh, as they dehumanize the opposition. I mean, he what really struck me was the Democrats and the news media. They did not. They they really honestly had no no problem with the way. Uh, President Trump comported himself. They didn't care that he was undermining institutions, that he was vulgar, that he did this, that, the other thing, because they do the same thing. They just didn't like that they, he wasn't advancing their causes. And so so you've got David Cicilline swearing on the floor of the, of the yeah. House, saying, you know, saying, you know, put aside people's rights. Uh, I mean, that's just, 
that you just can't you can't have that i mean that's that's decorum the reason you have decorum is so you can all work together and not start beating each other up to get your political way uh and that's that's what really worries me you can see a figure like david cicilline supporting say um supporting gulags you know locking people up and that, that ties right into the january 6th hearings and i mean you, you could see the path it's not difficult to see how you get from here through david cicilline's vulgar language to a situation where people are being locked up and and as political prisoners that's it's it's really a, a frightening thing to watch and i i wish rhode island were a place where he would be called on that but instead we you know the the news oh, media God. right up, right yeah you know, I, I see say like a mike stanton who was big in the province journal and now is a, a journalism professor at uconn lamentably but you know these these radical journalists they don't yeah. care they're yeah, go get them david yeah. i mean they're, they're They'll cheer it on. As that's what struck me with the with the uh, the coverage of the Pawtucket uh, rally and calling it fascist parents. I mean, they will when when the mobs are beating up conservatives in the street, they'll be right there saying, "What did you do to deserve this?" You know, the, I mean, implying that the people deserve it and ought to be targeted. I mean, that's that's where we're going. And I think David Cicilline, slimeball that he is, is 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 a kind of a an early marker of of how how you get there and and he's willing to capitalize on it. So uh, hopefully he'll be out of, out of Congress soon, as you say. Um, uh, but I wonder where he'll be going next, what he's auditioning for with his, with his performance. Follow the money folks. He mm. is the uh, managing editor, anchorising.com. Our segment is politics this week. It's Justin Cass. Justin, great job as always. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Have a wonderful week. RE Coogan and heating folks. Call them today at 401 732 6562. It's Coogie. R.E. Coogan and Heating for plumbing, heating, and cooling listing. As we're transitioning right now from spring into summer, you want to make sure your cooling unit is going to serve you and your family, your employees well this summer. R.E. Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, we're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Whether it be for plumbing, maybe a hot water tank, Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562, hot water tanks, and especially let's make sure your cooling units are ready for what's going to be a hot summer. Look for them online, recooganheating.com, and also on Facebook, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, depetro.com.